Julian Charles here of themindrenewed.com coming to you as usual from the depths of the Lancashire countryside here in the UK and welcome once again to TMR's regular New Year's Eve show which we've been enjoying for the last eight years now out of the ten years of TMR's life so far and for those of you who do not know each year we are joined by members of the Nephilim Chaps Secret Society which is staffed by high-level initiates from affiliated shows and networks like uh, like Flint Radio in the Southern Hemisphere and Fringe Radio Network in the US and uh, other assorted illuminated persons from around the globe and each year we're also announcing a Kickstarter for Frank Johnson's latest scientific project which will do that again this year and we'll come to that in a bit and hopefully uh, raising quite a bit of money for Frank each time. Um, other than that we basically share news stories from the last year, 2022 um, generally not serious things but uh, things that have made us chuckle for various reasons from around the world because this is our opportunity to put aside the many many dark things that are going on in the world this is why we let our hair down so to speak for just an hour or so during this uh, festive season um so we're joined this year by frank johnson from the us as i've already said a regular guest on tmr cruzy from south africa longtime member of light flint radio jennifer tyson the angelically voiced texan classical singer uh, rishi sunak the so-called uk prime minister uh, delighted to have yet another prime minister on the show and last of all though not necessarily least uh, mark campbell from <laughs> the uk also a regular guest on tmr uh, so welcome everybody good to have you all again on the new year's eve show well, thanks. Yeah, thank you for having me, Julian. I'm just happy to have some electricity this time because uh, we're going through a rolling blackout. So uh, for the moment, we're on. <laughs> this is great. Africa. Yeah, and, and both Franks are happy to be here as well. So <laughs> both Franks. Oh yes, there's a bit of a story to that, isn't there? Because there were two versions of you on Skype a few yeah. minutes ago. Well, one was a Frank bot, which was a bit perhaps. Yes, yeah. I, I have been working on one. Ah, is that going to be your project this time, do you think? Oh, no, no. We got something much better this time. I think so, yes. How do we know you're the real Frank now? Well, you don't. No, it's not a conspiracy. <laughs> I think I can tell by your voice. I, I'm very convinced that your voice is authentically linked to the authentic you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Is it deep fake, though? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could be, but I, I, I just trust my own ear really well. Which ear do you trust? The left one, usually. Although that's more the emotional one. The right one is more of my, like, one that I use for analysis. Mm -hmm. well, how are you doing, Jennifer, generally? Have you been doing lots of music performances recently? I have. I have mm. been doing a lot of performing. I performed in Dallas two weeks ago and here in Austin last weekend. And then this weekend, my children were performing uh -huh. in a musical. So it's been performance chaos at our house for mm. <laughs> several weeks now. Wow. Well, it's very good of you to take time to do this, actually. I don't know how you juggle your busy life you know, with all those gigs. It's amazing. Juggling uh, is the key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark, where are you this year? Um, this year, I um, it's been snowing in the UK, and uh, we have enough snow for me to make a snowman. So, actually, I'm inside 
the snowman. I sort of hollowed it out. I'm inside. Uh-huh. I'm basically on the on the lookout. I'm spying for these itinerant ice cream sellers because, of course, uh, generally speaking, they're Russian spies. And at this time of the year, when it's really cold, that's when they don't realise because they're Russian. They're used to the cold. They come out trying to sell ice creams. The only problem is I'm in the back garden and I can't actually see the road. So um, I'm just trying to listen out for the ice cream. Yeah, you know, the sort of yeah green sleeves. Yeah, song. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yes. so if it does occur during the program, I might have to just stop and and make a note. I've got a little notebook here. Oh, uh, it's getting a bit wet because it started to melt slightly. <laughs> yeah, basically that's what I'm doing. I've got about three coats on and then two balaclavas. Mm. Um, so if I sound a bit muffled, that's the reason why. The only thing I would question about what you said to me is right. that you, 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 you said that um, ice cream salesmen are generally Russian spies. Yeah, yeah. Not just a few of them, but generally, oh, that's a bit of a rule, is it? Uh, the rule is that generally, that's more than 50% of them are, are wow. Russian spies. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. I'm very curious, what is it about selling ice cream that gives them so much information that they would do that? To well, collect- basically, ice cream sellers can go anywhere they want. Mm. They don't look suspicious in a street. Their disguise is to be very upfront about playing loud music and drive along any road outside any. They can stop outside mm. any house oh, with the listening equipment. It looks like a tannoy, but it's actually a bigger receiving dish. Gotcha. You see, yeah, you see. Mm. Now I'm getting the. Yeah, it's some of them are, <laughs> Some of them are TV vans, aren't they? TV detectors. Um, I think they used to be. Now they just them. detect cable. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that was an urban myth anyway. The, yes. The, the, <laughs> it's not going into that. They, they no. never had any equipment in those vans, did they? They were empty. <laughs> yeah, it was just, yeah. Hey, Mark. Mark. Hi. I'm curious, what, what music are the Russian ice cream vendors playing in their trucks? It tends to be green sleeves. Really? Or the theme from the City and Sweep show. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which you probably don't know what that is. I, I've never heard of that one, no. Yeah. But it tends to be green sleeves played on a very bad electronic sort of synthesizer version. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I don't know. Is there something to do with Henry VIII? Because he's supposed to get uh, those green sleeves, didn't he? He's supposed to have written it, yes. Did he invent ice cream? I mean, I thought Margaret <laughs> Thatcher invented uh, whippy ice cream. Yes, that's come up before on the programme, actually. Mm, so um, <laughs> I don't know what the connection between Margaret Thatcher and uh, Henry VIII is. Was an ancestor of Margaret Thatcher one of Henry VIII's wives, perhaps? Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. perhaps. Let's just <laughs> say it is. In the ice yeah. cream. <laughs> well, Cruzy, welcome. Um, I don't know what to say to you, but um, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That's right. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm contrary to some other people here. Uh, it's really hot here. It's, um, it's eight, 8 o'clock the evening, and it must be about 32 degrees outside. That's Celsius. Yes, I was going to say, yeah, it's about uh, freezing, isn't for, it? Yeah. For, for, for most of you, most of you would know it as uh, Fahrenheit, I suppose, which I don't know what 34 is, but in any case, in, <laughs> in Fahrenheit. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been interesting here in South Africa. We we haven't got power for most of the day, um, mm. or half the day at least, every day. Um, it leads to a few problems, internet dropping off sometimes, but uh, yeah. Well, I hope your, your joke organ is in good nick for this evening. I, I hope so too. Very good. good. Excellent. Excellent. Let's rephrase that. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, your, your joke facility. Ah, oh, yes. It's not <laughs> often that I'm speechless, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. Very good. Um, I suppose I should introduce. Is it Rashi Sanuk? I think um, Joe Biden said that. 
recently, <laughs> didn't <laughs> right. Um But I know him as Rishi Sunak. So um, welcome to the... Let me just turn this on. <laughs> I'll edit that out, of course. Um, no press keep away. it in. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, okay, so which one am I going to press? Oh, yes, this one. All right. So, um, yes, so uh, Rishi, welcome to the show. Central bank digital currencies could be a digital version of money, a bit like a digital banknote that could be used alongside physical notes and coins. <laughs> yes, great to have you on the, on the show. Um, lovely. Um, Frank, um, how are you doing? Yeah, uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, it's a little cold where I'm at, too, even though I'm not in Minnesota anymore. <laughs> and uh, you've recovered recently from um, a dodgy pork sandwich. I think you, you sent me a message. Yeah, uh, I'm not really sure exactly what I've been struggling through, but I, I feel like I'm recovering and uh, hoping to recover even more. So. Oh, it's good. Good to have you all. Good to have you all on. Um, but now, Frank, um, we're going to be doing this Kickstarter for you, and I do hope that people will contribute, will donate. There'll be a button on the website as usual, and please oh, do. Yes, indeed, do donate, please, uh, before we reach midnight. That will be the closing moment. Um, so, Frank, your science project for this year has something to do with a news story, doesn't it? So, perhaps uh, you would tell us about this first news story and. Let's see how your project fits into that. Yeah, so um, the news story I thought that made me chuckle this year was there was a, a teacher, a shop teacher of all things, who wore prosthetic, gigantic prosthetic breasts to school for some sort of transgender identity, you know, basically claiming he had. And um, he followed that up a few months later, uh, just recently, by... He did a session of skydiving with um, an adult film star. They jumped together. And he yes. was wearing his uh, prosthetic breasts. The thing with these prosthetic breasts, though, is like they're not just normal ones. Like he's trying to be a woman. They're just like comically huge. With size yeah. Z. I've never heard of size Z, but I believe that's. <laughs> I didn't know that's what size he was claiming, but I would believe it. Yes. I've been in a lot of women's departments for those kinds of garments, and I've never seen a size Z. <laughs> Husband made. I should think so. We've got to be careful, by the way. You said he several times. I believe that she uh, wishes to be known um, as she, her. Yeah, she, her. I think so, anyway. Yeah. This is Kayla Lameau. I don't even remember his, her name, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got it written down here. I've got the it from the Daily Mail. It's the shop teacher, that's right. Oh. So this is the Daily Mail on the 24th of November. Uh, this is the headline. Bombs away. Male porn star who took controversial trans teacher with size Z prosthetic breasts on a skydive says he considered it a challenge given her weight. <laughs> this, is, this is the story. Um, um, all right. So Kayla goes with skydiving with this man who calls himself a conservative porn star, apparently. Mm. <laughs> I've never heard of a conservative one. Have you? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. No. Uh, he calls himself <laughs> voodoo. He's voodoo. Oh, wow. That's very yes. conservative. Mm. <laughs> so he's reported as tweeting in this story. I took him skydiving and his hair came off. No problems. <laughs> <Yeah>, sorry. <laughs> no problems with the huge fake breasts. Those stayed in place. And he carries on. Mm. I throw everyone out. I'll, I'll throw anyone out of my plane. Not everyone. I'll throw any. <laughs> I'll throw anyone out of my plane. Plus, I regard taking a big two hundred and thirty pound person with huge prosthetic breasts on a skydive as a challenge. Most instructors would not even take them strictly on their size alone. 
So yes, that's what he's reported as saying. Um, he seems to ignore the the pronouns in that case. So I was quoting him verbatim. Oh. Wow. So any complaints must go to Voodoo, please. Anybody's worried about that. That's the trick there to make yeah, it real yeah. fun. They yeah. could have filled those with helium and she could still be floating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could have gone for the longest skydive record. Yeah. yeah. Still on her way down. <laughs> I think he's not as conservative as he thinks he is because he's willing to really send anyone out of a airplane. <laughs> I mean, you got that takes some serious riskiness to just... You know, if most other instructors wouldn't do that, I don't think this word means what you think it means. No. no like it's coming no. up for me on the word conservative for him. <laughs> mm, mm. Maybe he's just fiscally conservative. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's the question of money come up. How much did this person pay? I mean, presumably he'll check <laughs> right. anyone out of his plane if they pay him enough. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's where we're at, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what I'm not sure about with this story is whether these prostheses are they actually part of the body now, or are they wearable? I don't know. Or removable. Removable, mm, removable yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would think they're removable, yeah. Are you speaking from experience there, Frank? <laughs> um, no. Oh, okay. Well, I suppose anything <laughs> I mean, on your body was... is, is removable, and you can put it back again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking, it would be, I'm thinking it would be very handy to be able to take them off at night. Yeah. You know, just be able to sleep yes. comfortably. Yeah. Mm, very yes, handy. it would. It would. <laughs> Yes, it's experience, Julian. When you said it, yes, it would, Julian. Do you speak from experience? Um, not direct experience, but I have right. had to wear other things at night, which uh, I'm relieved to take off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I once had a blood pressure monitor, <laughs> <laughs> and I was relieved to take that off. I have oh, to right. say, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes that's all yes. oh fine all right. <laughs> um, I mean, one, one thing that comes up with this in my mind is whether this is you know is this some kind of hoax I know a lot of people have, have wondered if that's the case and I came across this article at Unheard where somebody said that an anonymous message board user who claims to be in Kayla's shop class <laughs> posted mm. the following message. So this is like I, I heard it down the pub. But mm. uh, anyway, this is a, a quote from this anonymous person. So uh, here we are, I'm quoting. Uh, this dude is gaming the system. An Anon here yesterday was in this dude's class. <laughs> this, t- <laughs> this teacher was almost fired for, quote, toxic masculinity last year, as well as not embracing woke culture. He dropped red oh. pills to his class, such as how silly gender-neutral bathrooms are. The school board hates him. He's now upping the ante to exploit the very clown world the school and society itself created. His long game is most likely to get fired and then sue for discrimination. There is no other explanation, no better way to troll clown worlds than to become an over-the-top caricature of a woman. Mm. End quote. So there we are. Who knows whether that's any of that's true, but uh, it's certainly an angle, which is an interesting possibility. So, uh, indeed. So, Frank, um, how does your research project connect with that? Uh, I'm glad you asked, Julian. Um, so this particular news story gave me great inspiration. Um I have drawn up some plans, and I've taken it with a parachute designer. Mm. Um, I'm in contact with one. We just need the funding to get them made, a, you know, a prototype so we can try it out. Yeah. So what my proposed science research project is, is prosthetic breasts that you can use as a parachute while skydiving. Ah, uh, right. Hold the cord, and then the breasts open up, and then there's a parachute in there, and you fall like a feather to the yeah. ground. 
that's an that's an excellent idea. That's a great contribution to air safety, isn't it? Mm, right, it, it is, and uh, and also to gender equality. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, I can see that's going to take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, quite a bit of uh, planning and design work that needs to still go into it. Could they be used as flotation devices if you parachute onto the sea? Well, once we get past this first model, I think that's definitely a direction I'd consider for the second um, yeah, version. Yeah. Of- I have an idea for a Hillary Clinton parachute. You pull the string and nothing happens. The string breaks. <laughs> <laughs> and you just fall to your death. <laughs> but when you land, you've got 17 gunshot wounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think there's a market for that one. <laughs> there is. There is. I'm going to say that one probably won't make it past prototype. <laughs> Frank, you really could do one as a parachute and one as like a life raft. Yeah. You know, so you've got dual option going, you know. Mm. Yeah, I thanks for, the, for that idea. <laughs> yeah, it takes a woman, you know. <laughs> yeah. My initial thought was that there should be a backup parachute in the second one. So, but we can play around with the design a little bit and see how much we can fit in there. With yeah. size Z, you know, we could probably fit a little devices in there, a generous amount. So, yeah. could you fix them to the derriere? That's, That's the a great idea, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think we'll come up with that and we'll call it the Campbell model. Okay. <laughs> after after your suggestion, yes. That's uh, all right. No problem. Would any who who would like to try these out at some point in the future? I'm game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, no, because I don't like heights. (laughs) (laughs) I don't worry, Julian. You would come down very quickly. I think. (laughs) The height would increase very fast. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to try the Hillary model. I was talking about the other one. (laughs) Oh. Mm. Are you in touch with Kayla at all, Kayla Lamo, about this, Frank? I've reached out, but uh, she's not responding to my uh, messages just yet. I think it's just because it's only been recently that this story came out and probably being hounded by press already. What about Voodoo? Maybe you could get yeah. that through yeah, maybe Voodoo. Maybe Voodoo is the person you need to yeah, you could. Yes, you could use Voodoo, Frank. <laughs> yes. I'm not really a practitioner of Voodoo, but... Um... Yeah. I can send you some of these African witch doctors to teach you a few tricks. I don't know if oh. that will help. Hmm. They might. They try it. Voodoo does come from Africa, if I'm not mistaken. So mm-hmm. originally, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the African witch doctors are very similar. The only problem with that that I can think of, Cruzy, is that it's supposed to be a science project. Mm. Maybe it doesn't matter these mm. days. Well, I mean, you can certainly <laughs> test the voodoo magic as a scientific mm. experiment. Do it repeatedly and see if you yes. come up with something that is consistent. Mm. That's a very good point, actually. You and could, repeatable, you? yeah. Mm. Really good. I don't know. Ever since Greta Thunberg was shown all over the world as a scientist, um, I've lost all faith in the word science. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, maybe we can get a plug in to Dr. Fauci since he is personally the embodiment of science. Maybe he can help us out a little bit. True. Leave it. Leave it. Oscar. Oh, we got Oscar again. Excellent. My son Oscar might be joining me in the uh, snowman shortly. Aha. Yeah. Yes. He got the ice cream. If there's been an ice cream truck about. I haven't heard one yet. Oh, perhaps your son has seen one. I'll ask him and see, and he'll yeah. tell me all about it. <laughs> sure <he will. laughs> Frank, I'm I just curious. have. Yeah, go I was, on. Ask, go on. I was mm-hmm. kind of curious what kind of ice cream uh, songs they play, ice cream truck songs they play. I wonder if it's different in different parts of the world. 
I don't know. It's just green sleeves, isn't it? It's just green sleeves here yeah. in the UK. Yeah. No, we get um, all kinds of things. Oh, right. We get a turkey in the, what's it, turkey in the something? Uh, turkey? Uh, turkey flavor ice cream. <laughs> no, where did it go? I just saw it a second ago. Turkey in the straw. I think that's it. Oh, okay. Oh, hello. Can it, right, Oscar, come here. Say hello all. Hello. Hello, Oscar. Hello, Oscar. Hello. 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 There you go. Can you listen? Hello. Hi. How old is Oscar now? How old are you, Oscar? I'm 18. 18? How old are you, Oscar? Three. Two. No. Three. You're three years old. Sorry, you Karen talk amongst yourselves. We're doing some drawings here. I could have sworn he said he was 18. Yeah, I didn't have that's 18. I think he did. He's boasting again. But yes. Mm. You've got intelligence as an 18-year-old. Excellent. That's yeah. very good. Do you want me to mute it while you continue the show? <laughs> that would be a good idea. Okay. See you in a minute. Ah, that's nice. Frank, I always have to ask you, though, are the Nazis and secret bases at the North Pole involved in your project? Not directly, no. Um, okay. Yeah, we were able to elude them on the last expedition, but I was thinking that this project might help us covertly get in. And then, you know, when they find us, obviously we'll have the prosthetic breasts and assume we're yes. women. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad there's still some vague connection. That would be a disappointment otherwise. Yeah. yeah well, so thank you very much for that, Frank. That's a very important mm-hmm. project I can see there. Um, mm-hmm. So I will remind listeners, please do donate before the end of this evening. Button's always there on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll become inactive at 12 o'clock. So hurry donations close at that moment uh well can i share a story here Mm -hmm. Um, you've probably heard of this one this was back in june new york post 4th of june california court rules bees are now fish (laughs) (laughs) so it says in and only in california decision an appeals court in the golden state has ruled that some types of bees are are now legally considered to be fish Okay, <laughs> this, this is true. So, I mean, basically, this is because specifically there are four species of bumblebee, which campaigners were trying to protect. Well, they're not; they weren't covered by California's Endangered Species Act, and that only protects various types like birds, mammals, fish, reptiles, amphibians, plants, etc. So, the court decided to allow bees to be classified as fish in order to mm. uh, protect them. So, um, there you go. So a little bit of legal trickery there to circumvent a lack of yes. <laughs> some other legal thing that should be there. Yeah. Well, I love that story because I've always thought that bees should be fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's clear. <laughs> and the, the judges explained as a quote from them, although the term fish is colloquially and commonly understood to refer to aquatic species, <laughs> the law makes the legal definition of fish not so limited. That's a great uh, quote, though. Yes. I don't know. That's very concerning. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why does that concern you, Jennifer? Well, I mean, I guess we're already at the height of redefining things legally when we're talking about anything and everything human. But, yeah. you know, down I mean, like so bees are kind of identifying as fish, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to know how they're expressing that identification as fish to others. 
Swimming, perhaps? Well, you know, sometimes if they fall into, like, somebody's lemonade, they might be swimming a bit, yes. Mm. I can actually speak to this living in California, actually. So right. um, there are a number of bees that I have seen in water trying to swim. Uh, I used to have a swimming pool at my previous apartment complex, and <laughs> there was always bees in there. And um, in other bodies of water here there are usually bees swimming so there's some truth to this actually (laughs) indeed you see this is why i've always thought they should be you see Mm -hmm. and wasps as well because i have seen those floating in you know my fruit juice in the summer sometimes Mm -hmm. why would you see a fish trying to fly then have you not seen one no. Well, you know what? We we actually have flying fish here too in California. Um, I, this so is they're no birds, joke. are they? They're birds, are they, Frank? Well, they identify as bees, perhaps, but I'm not sure. Um, are they the I ones actually, that have little fins that kind of look? You know, yeah. They, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're little I, fins, very much like bees have little wings. Yeah, I didn't see it personally, but I was on a whale watching cruise with my daughter, and I was looking the other direction for whales and stuff or dolphins, and then off to the other side where my daughter was looking, a flying fish jumped out and she saw it. I I didn't get to see it, but yeah, we do have flying fish in the Mm -hmm. sea out here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at some pictures online right now. That's true. Their fins are rather wing-like. Yeah, they just hop out of the water and they fly and pollinate some flowers and go back to the water. (laughs) Right. (laughs) By the way, Julian, that makes me think of Zimbabwean Airlines. It's a slightly different story. But mm-hmm. I remember that they said the pilot was landing and, and he was sweating because he was having a tough time landing on this airstrip. And after he landed, he said to his co-pilot, this must be the shortest airstrip ever. And his co-pilot looked at him and he said, yes, but it's definitely the widest. Yes, yes. Oh, dear. Oh, I'm back. It's the Africa story. We've just had an Africa story, Mark. Oh, fantastic. I enjoyed yes. it very much. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What was, it, what was it about, Mark? Well, Africa. Of course. Uh, it was, yeah, very good. I especially enjoyed the bit with the people. That was very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any ice cream truck updates? Uh, no, still waiting for them to come. In fact, I might come in the house in a minute. It's getting a little bit cold out here. Mm, okay. uh, as soon as they play Rachmaninoff or something, then you know it's a definite Russian spy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just wondering if uh, Rishi has got any stories for us. It's not the state's money, it's your money. I, I have a question <laughs> for Mr. Sunak, actually. Mm, yes. This was a uh, news story you and I talked about. Um, why did your folder change color from uh, red to green, Mr. Sunak, when you went behind that automobile? The British people won't trust a party that isn't serious with their money. Mm. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Mm. I think actually we need... Spoken like a politician. <clears throat> Indeed. I think we need to look into that in some detail, actually. I'm wondering whether we could organise a think tank to look into that particular mm. story. Presumably everybody knows about this. No. Well, it was back um, in 2020, when he was coming out of Number 10, the Chancellor of the Exchequer at the time, as he walked down the road, the box... He was carrying change from red to green. Huh. Sky Analyze. News. Was he moving very quickly? Because there's the red shift. Could that be it? Could that be it? <laughs> no, just normal walking pace. Anyway, I don't want to go into too much detail because I think that requires some serious mm. research and uh, discussion. Well, I think I'm satisfied with his answer, honestly. So. Oh, yes. Yes, so am I. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, Frank, uh, I understand you've got a story about these Trump cards, collecttrumpcards.com. What's that all about? Yeah, um, I actually was about to bring one to you for the show, but uh, they were sold out. Um, So, yeah, so it looks like Donald Trump has just released um, his own virtual trading cards. Uh, They're NFTs, I guess. I'm going to ask you. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very exclusive, and they had a limited supply, apparently. And they, they feature him dressed as Superman, yeah. seems to be the most common theme, <laughs> with some sort of patriotic uh, colors and stuff, yeah. They're only $99 each. Oh, well, I was going to buy, like, five of them for you. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Yes, yes. Um, Unfortunately, there's none left. <laughs> no. no. Ah, uh, looking at them here, it's quite amazing, actually. Mm. He's standing in front of Trump Tower here with the superhero chest with a uh-huh. capital T on his chest. Mm. Uh, and he's got these laser beams coming out of his eyes. <laughs> like fire beams. I see this. Yes. Oh, wow. Fire That's... beams coming out yes. of his head. And he's ripped Quite open strange. his shirt to reveal the T on his chest. That's oh, right. I bet you it's a prosthetic chest, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, yeah, prosthetic six-pack, prosthetic yeah. six-pack. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so that's an interesting thing that was released. Uh, it just came and went really quick. And then uh, he made an announcement about that. The news picked it up. And then he came out with another message about freedom of speech. And then mm. um, I, I think the news focused on that. And then basically they stuck on the NFTs and not whatever he announced later. So. So what's your understanding as to what this is about? I'm not really sure. What, what, uh, it just seems like a really strangely placed and strangely announced thing that just kind of doesn't seem to fit anything. And it's like, you know, people who are like Trump supporters and like, you know, alternative news supporters are, you know, they're expecting him to come back and save America. And, and then he announces he's releasing trading cards. It's <laughs> kind of uh, subverting expectations. But um, I don't know. The only... Thing is, is um, maybe he knew the news would pick it up, and then his yeah. message about free speech was for those in the know, or maybe this is some sort of code for Trump card. You know, I don't know. It gets people talking oh, no. about him. I have to say, yeah. Um, yeah. Looking here, you can win various things, can't you? So you can win a Miami dinner with Donald Trump. Oh wow! You can win a Mar-a-Lago group cocktail hour, one-on-one meeting. Wow. With number 45. I wish I would have bought one right away. <laughs> uh, individual individual Zoom call with Donald. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a basic mm. Zoom call. Speak ever. directly with Nobody Donald Trump. Nobody's ever had a Zoom call like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be... I would probably say, hey, Donald, will you pull open your shirt? I'd really like to see that tea on your prosthetic chest. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's like he's um, making the whole of the world a, a game show somehow. I don't know. It's... Yeah. I've been trying to learn a little bit about NFTs because it's something that a lot of musicians are getting into and, you know, it's a whole collector sort of thing. And so then reselling it is a way to make a lot of money. So apparently I'm looking at an article that says that all of them sold out. So 45,000 sold out in around 12 hours. So that's about $4.45 million. But the collections creators also received 10% of every sale on secondary markets. And wow. so, far, so far, traders have spent $5.2 million trading on the cards on OpenSea, which is a NFT trading site. And that nets the creators an extra $520,000. I, I don't know. I see mm-hmm. it as just a way to make a lot of money. Yeah, that's a way to look at it, I think. 
Yeah. You don't think there's a political dimension to it, raising money for, for campaigning or anything like that? I don't, I don't know. There was something here that said something about it not being uh, hmm. NFT, INT, uh, the company behind the collection, says on its site that the money raised won't be funneled into Trump's 2024 presidential campaign. Mm. Um, and that the NFT INT is not owned by Trump or any of his organizations and that Trump himself isn't actually behind the collection. Instead, Trump licensed his name, image and likeness for the project, which, of course, even if it doesn't go to the 2024 campaign, the money he makes through licensing uh, can go there or to himself or to his Christmas presents for this year or something <laughs> like that. Or, or indeed, just getting people talking about it. I mean, all, what is it? Yeah. Somebody said all publicity is good, whether it's good or bad. Was it Oscar Wilde? I don't know. I think you're right, Oscar Wilde. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, thanks, Frank. Um, yeah. It's a shame you didn't get me a card in time. Yeah. <laughs> I would have really loved to have gotten several of those to give to my, all my friends for Christmas. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't want to play golf with Trump and my friends. Oh, yeah, you could all come and play golf with Trump. Wow. I One can't play golf. One of the cards was him swinging a golf club. He looked he was in pretty good form. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yes. Sure. I want to see who wants to play golf with Hillary Clinton. <laughs> she would play like a four-ball tournament and three other people would commit suicide by the 18th hole. <laughs> and she'd just win by default. <laughs> oh, dear. Do you, mean, do you mean play with her as an opponent or do you mean play but with play her golf. as no, if, she were the ball, if she were the ball? No, no, they play against her, but, you know. I think I would play very carefully in that case. Yeah. You'd have to wear like a metal suit in case some random flying penguin comes at at your head or something at 17th tee or something. It would be much like playing golf with Goldfinger, wouldn't it? I think. <laughs> Die under mysterious circumstances while playing golf. With a laser beam on a tabletop, yep. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the story I wanted to bring up, which this is the one that's not from 2022, but I discovered it in 2022, which amazed me. So this is from a website calling itself the Daily Grail. Um, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. <clears throat> the Daily Grail, that June 2016. OK, but I found out about it this year. Um, and it's called The Fifth Young One. Pay no attention to the girl behind the sofa. Mm. All right. Now, so this reports on the fact. I saw this yes. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's the claimed fact, anyway, that uh, this is contrary to the belief of millions of people in the UK and across the world who saw this comedy series back in the early 1980s, um, The Young Ones. They say it didn't have just four housemates in the student household. It had five. Mm. Um, but one person was a lady who you never hear, nobody refers to, but she's sometimes there in the background so um is this true it's very odd um well it is true i watched them i was watching them again funny enough this year uh-huh. and it's clear as day there's this person that's on bbc iplayer anybody in the uk can watch it there's this figure in the background with very long Ooh. hair a bit like if you've seen the horror film ring there's a character <laughs> in a very long dark black hair she's sort of sitting cross-legged on the floor with the hair covering her face Quite a creepy uh-huh. sort of uh, image, but there yes. they are. They are in the back of the scenes, and you know, oh. as you say, Julian, it's funny. It sort of come up whenever it did in 2016, mm. considering the young ones have been going for years and years. But the way this, if you've ever watched it, the set is so full of stuff, junk. It's like <laughs> you know, it's like junk. 
Mm. And the and the humor is so sort of visual and anarchic. You're watching the four characters essentially, and you don't really look at you don't think to sort of look at the background. But when you do, and you see the person, it's quite creepy. Yeah, they're definitely mm. there, definitely there. I thought it was an urban myth, and I looked at it. Yes, and... I shared that with you. I think quite a while right. back, and you said to me, "Oh, that sounds like well, mm. not April the first, but it sounds like something like that." Yeah, yeah. And then I went um... and looked, and I was I was like, "Oh, I've been." <laughs> I've watched these quite a few times. I've never mm. noticed, never noticed this wow, extra that's... person. You're not having us on. <laughs> uh, well, I might be. Ah, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's open. There it is. Go and have a look. And I think they're only in about five of the episodes of the first series, and then they just they don't bother with it anymore. I mean, this so, person's not not credited or anything, no. um, but there they are, quite clearly in the charts, sort of sitting there. Wow. Mm. So you're watching this on iPlayer, so this is a digital version. What about, you know, getting a VHS or Mm. DVD printed, you know, way back? Has it been added digitally since? That's that's a good point. I mean, I would suggest no, because of the cost (laughs) involved in adding something like that to this old series. The camera's moving. It's not like it's you'd have to actually track this object on the screen all the time. I don't mm. think it's really worth it, no. to be honest. The BBC is strapped with cash. They're going to lose their mm-hmm. TV licence anyway, aren't they? So they're not right. something they'd be interested in doing. No, I but, but, what, but, what, what? <laughs> Ben Elton, yes. according, to, <laughs> according to this article, was contacted and he said he didn't know anything about it. Well, in that yeah. case, <laughs> they must have added it at a cost of a million. <laughs> yes. So this is one of the writers who apparently yeah. claims yeah. not to have known anything about it. I met him. I, interv- well, I interviewed him oh. once. Okay, what did he say about it? I didn't know about it to ask him. But I did say to him... That's convenient. That's convenient, isn't it, Mark? I know, isn't it? Um, (laughs) I think it was when he was writing this Queen musical. And I did say to him, basically, you do realise people think you're a bit of an idiot or something. He was sold out. You know, he was the voice of uh, alternative comedy, wasn't he, at the time? Mm -hmm. And then he completely sold out and wrote this, you know, establishment musical about pop group queen and he said oh no really is that what people think <laughs> so i do think he was a bit deluded uh has mm-hmm. to be said um right. it could also be something that the director or the set designer just did without yes. without telling anyone else and that because i imagine the recordings would have been so frenetic so chaotic if you've ever mm. watched it that mm. they would have just ignored it and concentrated on the stuff that they were involved with so possibly Ben Elton actually watched the series afterwards and was in the same boat as everybody else and didn't notice. Yeah, quite possibly, because he'd, be, he'd just be looking for the stuff that he wrote and scripted that worked, you know. He wouldn't be looking at the shelves at the back and the, exactly. you know, or whatever. Yeah. It's, re- it's really I, clever. Yeah, I was thinking that writers are probably going to be fairly removed from like what's happening with yeah. all the set and stuff like that. I think it's like all these things. Everyone involved is very attuned to what they've done. But they're not attuned to anything else, so things can get missed in big films. Things can get missed because yeah. there's no one person overall sort of looking at everything else. Everyone is concentrating on their little bits. And then you always have those little sneaky people that say, "Hey, let's do something really crazy." Yeah. Well, well, you're right, Jenny. According to the article, the two directors, uh, Jeff Posner and Paul Jackson. Okay, this is quotes from one of them or something. Uh, so, quote: They thought it would be funny to have some ghostly figure in the background of some scenes that were never explained or talked about. Hair all over the face, so you couldn't, you shouldn't be able to decipher the gender either. Oh uh, and then, and then they say the fact that we forgot to do it consistently shows what a bunch of amateurs we were <laughs> in, in them days. Um, yeah. So maybe they were also playing a joke against Ben. It could be. Couldn't it? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Or maybe it's not true. So I'll have to check for myself. Do it. Do it. Yes, I will. 
Yeah, and everybody out there, if you've got uh, access to an old recording of it, do let me know if it's there on the originals, you know, from back in them days. That would be mm. good to know. Go on then, Mark. You, you have a story for us, do you? Uh, yeah, I do. This was... Uh, let me just find it. Um... <laughs> oh, hang on. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Sorry, right, I've got to make it... So I've got to make a note. That's uh, ice cream salad. Hold on. It's not the state's mm. money. It's your money. They've gone. It's all right. They went around the corner, so uh, I know where they've gone into uh, Maiden's Lane, so that's fine. Um, I'll follow them later. Um, right, there's a story I've got. Uh, this is the company called Brewdog, who are a beer brewer. The weird thing is, I thought they were called Sarcastic Brewdog. I thought, what a brilliant name for a company. Um, but actually, every headline that has the story calls them Sarcastic Brewdog. It's just, they're just describing this company. So the headline <laughs> is, Sarcastic Brewdog reacts as beer <laughs> advert is banned. And when you read the story... First of all, it's not an advert. It's an email they sent to people, people who presumably subscribe to their website or they've got their email address. They said they've been banned over a tongue-in-cheek claim that its fruit-flavoured beers are one of your five a day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, An email to customers dated 20th of July featured the phrase as a subject heading and promoted beers with names that include lost in, I don't know how to pronounce this, G-U-A-V-A, guava? Guava. Wow. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, pineapple punch and lost in lychee and lime. Um, one person, right? This is the news story. One person who got the email complained that the five-a-day claim was misleading. Um, up- <laughs> <laughs> upholding the complaint, upholding it, the Advertising Standards Authority said uh, the ASA acknowledged that the subject heading "one of your five a day" might be interpreted by some consumers as a humorous nod to the fruit-flavored beers featured in the body of the email. However, <laughs> because the claim—and I think you have personal knowledge of this, Junior—I do because, actually. Yeah, yes. because the claim referred to well-known government advice on health and well-being, we consider that, in general, customers would not expect advertisers to include mm. such claims unless the advertised product was recognised as meeting the requirements of that advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, indeed. And the irony irony here is that my wife knows somebody who knows somebody (laughs) who worked in public relations and was involved in this, choosing the number for the how many fruit and vegetables should you have each day. And they basically, what I was told was they had to choose an odd number Three is not enough. Seven's too many, so it had to be five. And it's as scientific as that. That's what I was told. So, yeah. But at the end of the article is quite amusing. It's Brewdog, which is based in Scotland, uh, agreed the advertised beers did not count towards a consumer's five a day. However, it said that it believed recipients would generally understand, generally, uh, that <laughs> alcoholic beverages are not equivalent to portions of fruit or vegetables. Hmm. It's clear to me. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to get some fruit in and you're, you know, any way you can, I think it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you would find that misleading then, Jennifer? Oh, I, I don't know about misleading. I just think, you know, if you need fruit, just do it. Cruzy, Cruzy, what was that? I was just saying beer is made from plants. Yeah. This helps you have a very rounded, well-rounded plant-based diet. It's like drinking a salad. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> a fruit salad yeah <laughs> so does this mean you could have your five a day by just having like a gin a brandy and a yep. beer and because they're all made aren't they from plant products yeah yeah i mean theoretically this is not advice by the way for anybody listening 
It's not yeah. medical advice. I should <laughs> yeah. put that in the notes in block capitals. I mean, but I think I think there's an advantage to beer because beer is well known to have qualities for hydration. So really? I, I think yeah, oh yeah. You I know, you have to have water, but you also have to have the salts and minerals. What's that called again? Electrolyte. Yeah, like it's got the perfect electrolyte balance for hydration. I thought it was yeah. double. I thought the more drink you drank, the more dehydrated. <laughs> so did, that's what I yeah, guess. I thought that too. Yes. You know. So you're encouraging listeners to go out and drink beer as much as possible. Is that right? No, we're not. Oh, okay. No, no, we're not doing it. That's a family show. What are you talking about? No, but I, I mean, Brew Dog did say, I mean, the, the, the last line of this, this news story is, um, we respect the ASA's decision and are happy to confirm uh, that beer is not a fruit or vegetable. So, uh, you know, they're <laughs> confirming it. I guess it's not really our place to say different than, is no. it? Really? Could I ask listeners to research this? So as to whether beer is good for rehydrating or dehydrating, that would be good to know. If anybody's mm. got any answers to that, please do send an email into the show. I can you put it in the hear, notes. Yeah, you often hear people who are like, oh, I'm 110, had, you know, what's the secret of success? Well, I have a pint of Guinness every night or something. Oh, yes, yeah, so you do. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, there must be a causal link, obviously, obviously, between that and their age. No isn't other it, factors. <laughs> no other factors in consideration. Isn't it supposed to be high in iron? Hmm. What, Guinness? Yes. Possibly. So. Oh, well, the advertising it's, said it was, isn't it? Ah, oh, right, I see. Yeah. Does Guinness use any uh, molasses in it? I don't know. Because molasses is high in iron, and it's really dark like Guinness. Uh, <laughs> right, this is turning into a Guinness advert, isn't it? We don't receive any any support, by the way, from these various beer companies. Um, well, thank you very much. That was a, an interesting story. Um, are there any other stories? I mean, I've got a ton here. Are there any others? Yeah, I've got one. Mm-hmm. So apparently there's a New York City university that's being occupied on campus by its student body. Primarily, it's called uh, The New School. It's a New York City university called The New School. And the students are occupying the campus and they've issued a 16-point list of demands, which includes an A grade for everyone. Really? Yep. (laughs) I knew that would come. (laughs) Yeah, A grade for everyone, better cafeteria food, uh, free tampons, and hypodermic needles. Yeah, pretty reasonable, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they want complete absolution from all the days that they're taking away from actual school for this occupation so that once they've decided they're done with the occupation, they won't have any penalties from the time that was taken away by that. Wow. These students, apparently, the tuition for the new school is $26,854 per semester or about $51,900 per year. So um, one of of their demands is that the president's townhouse, you know, for the president of the school, should be treated as a communal property. (laughs) So it costs so much. That's why they want an A grade, is it? (laughs) They deserve one because they've got to pay so much for this. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. It's this new uh, entitled generation, isn't it? It's um, whenever you see the Antifa or any of these... uh, protests it's normally white middle to upper class kids that just totally feel entitled i, I don't see many poor people joining mm-hmm. these things that's just my opinion it's mm-hmm. just what i see yeah it hasn't really yeah. looked much like that no. is it is it is it performance art or, the, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 it does sound like it doesn't it okay. mm. Well, this story I've got here feels like performance art to me. Um, I don't know if anybody's come across this. Uh, a lot of people have been commenting on this just recently because it, it was published on the 2nd of December. 
in a peer-reviewed high-profile journal called the American Journal of Medicine, okay, and its title is COVID Vaccine Hesitancy and Risk of a Traffic Crash. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so, believe it or not, um, the abstract starts with coronavirus disease COVID vaccine hesitancy is a reflection of psychology that might also contribute to traffic safety. <laughs> right. It's a very strange way of putting it because they they go on to say that it is a negative contribution to traffic safety. <laughs> um, uh, we tested whether COVID vaccination was associated with the risks of a traffic crash. And they do lots and lots of fancy statistics with the health records of 11 million plus Canadians. Um, they've got access to that, apparently. Um, and they conclude, so this is in their conclusion, these data suggest that COVID vaccine hesitancy is associated with significant increased risk of a traffic crash. An awareness of these risks might help to encourage more COVID vaccination. Are you saying that so for people who, who are hesitant about getting COVID vaccinations are also more likely to be involved in a traffic collision? Yeah, that's what they say, yes. Hmm. Is that to due to hesitancy I, I or due to sort of what? Well, maybe it's this, this overall hesitancy that is in their lives in general and that yeah. causes them to slow down when they shouldn't in the traffic. Yeah. Julian, I, I think this might be fitting into a story here in South Africa where that which has been making the rounds where they actually want to charge people, you know, with insurance. If you haven't yes. taken the vaccine, they want to charge you more for insurance. Yes. And I think that's the insurance companies jumping on the COVID bandwagon now. Uh, that's very interesting. I think that's exactly right, because in the article they say, quote, the observed risks might also justify changes to driver insurance policies in the future. So, <laughs> so I mean, the way I read this is it's, it's a nudge. I don't think this is yeah. scientific yeah. Uh, at all. I mean, well, I've heard it said that the statistics of, you know, the way they've manipulated statistics is very good, but some of the, you know, the assumptions they started with are faulty. And I'm not going to go into the details of that. There are lots of commentaries out there about that. But I think this is a bit of a an indication, really. They, they say there's a limitation to their study here. Uh, they look at various aspects of people's psychology, um, but they say a limitation of our study is that correlation does not mean causality, because our data do not explore potential causes of vaccine hesitancy or risky driving. One possibility relates to, wait for it, a distrust of government oh, or belief in freedom that contributes to both vaccination preferences and increased traffic risks. <laughs> a different explanation might be misconceptions of everyday risks faith in natural protection, mm. antipathy towards regulation, chronic poverty, exposure to misinformation, yeah. insufficient, mm. insufficient resources or other personal beliefs. Alternative factors could include political identity, oh. negative, negative past experiences, limited health literacy or social networks that lead to misgivings around public health guidance. And they say that these are unknowns and they, they should be topics for more research. So there was clearly a political angle going on there. And it, it reminds me of that sort of nudging theory. You know, you nudge people yeah. to do what you want and mm. perhaps using insurance policies to achieve it, which is, mm. uh, yeah, it doesn't sound very scientific to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, I hear that 79% of statistics are made up on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. But I mean, you'd have to really look at every single traffic incident and separate them out because yeah mm -hmm. there are so many different ways to have a traffic accident if you like and a certain percentage possibly might be caused by driver hesitancy or mistrust of signs but that might be a tiny tiny percentage 
Mm. Um, it's caused by all sorts of things. The weather, time of day, the lighting, the brakes on your car, etc., etc. There are a thousand and one, aren't there? Yeah. Different reasons yeah. for why traffic accidents happen. I don't know. It's starting to sound a bit like a conspiracy theory there. <laughs> all these things would have to happen in order for the traffic accident to mm. occur. It's starting to sound a little iffy to me. Well, I was thinking from an insurance company's point of view, it might be better to look at the history of somebody's crashes, you know? Mm. So, oh, if they had lots of crashes before, that might be the best way to go about it. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see like how things like this, whether things like this actually ever make it to those kinds of levels. Because when you're talking about insurance, when you're talking about actuaries, those guys are pretty hardcore on their data. And mm. it'd be interesting to see if this is just you know, if this is more of just a way to continue dividing people in the public or if this could actually have some real impact yeah. in, in the professional world of things like insurance that's, companies. Yeah, no, that's really interesting because it's possible that something like this might be part of a nudging process in itself. Just the very yeah. publication of these things and getting people to talk about these things. Yeah. You, know, you never know because um, we have had that that sort of thing before with Cass Sunstein um, published an article, you know, with Adrian Vermuller about conspiracy theories and how they conspiracy groups perhaps should be infiltrated. Um, and that's caused a lot of people to think, oh, yes, you know, there are lots of uh, trolls and uh, shills and the like uh, when there may be no, nowhere near as many. But just the publication of that article makes people paranoid so it could be something along those lines it could actually be a nudge in itself or maybe this is actually leading towards using things like this to nudge people well considering some of the weird rulings that come out such as bees are now fish you never know how <laughs> well, you, yeah. Yeah. you never know it's a, it's a weird world <laughs> it's a weird world we're living in <laughs> it certainly is um i did want to have one story from rishi I don't want to miss this one because it's a very important story. Okay. So, um, Rishi, please do share with us this important story. The British people won't trust a party that isn't serious with their money. There we go. Mm, Bravo. (laughs) It's good to know um, who's in charge, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yes. Well, we did with Liz Truss. We knew who was in charge, but it just wasn't very long, that's all. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really sad. Actually, I'm really sad about Liz Truss because I was really hoping you'd get Boris and Liz. But, Ooh, you know, yeah. didn't get, she just was blipped in 2022 and you didn't get a chance to have her on. That's just terrible. Mm. Uh, we did manage to find the head of lettuce who outlasted her, though, the head of cabbage. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes. I should have had that on the show as well. That would have been good. I wonder what she's doing. Keeping a very low profile, isn't she? Yeah, Yeah, she is. That's interesting. My last thing I heard, she was off for like three months for stress or something. What's her future? Here's another question. Is she going to get a pension as an ex-prime minister? Do you know? I think they were talking, they were debating that, weren't they? They were debating whether or not she would would get one and whether she'd just not been it long long enough to justify one. Probably get a sick leave and stuff. (laughs) Hmm. Maybe you should get a reduced one, you know, not five quid off or something. Yeah, yeah, five quid, that seems reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> so where did, where did the cabbage fit into the story? Sorry, I missed something now. <laughs> I think a cabbage on the show. Was it a lettuce? I think it was lettuce, but I thought, I couldn't be, be sure, but I think now it's lettuce. Um, when she was put in as prime minister, there was somebody who posted a picture of a head of lettuce to see if it would go bad before she 
left office, and I think the head of lettuce outlasted her uh, time. In- yes, because no, I, I was going to suggest if you want some, if you want a vegetable on the show, you could always get Joe Biden um, <laughs> onto the show, but uh, you might have to cut that piece. I think this is a great story because it really did outlast her, and it was dressed with a wig. A blonde wig, some googly eyes, a couple of British flags. Yeah, it out it outlasted. The, the lettuce lasted longer. I think that's a great story for 2022. I had not heard of that one. And, and scary enough that lettuce was still a better prime minister than Boris Johnson. <laughs> My only regret is he didn't give it the lettuce some prosthetic breasts. <laughs> what a missed opportunity for progress. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> What yeah, would the pronouns yeah. be like? Lettuce um, self, vegetable us. self. Actually, something I was going to ask you: Do you have any preferred pronouns yourselves? Prosecute Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yes. Oh dear. I was thinking about how to use that in a sentence, wasn't I, Frank? It's very difficult, actually. Yeah. If you talk about Elon Musk and say that prosecute tweeted about Fauci preferred pronouns. Mm. How you'd have yeah, to say I think it. He added, yeah, he he did put that tweeted that out at some point, yes. Because right. he's been um oh this is actually not to throw in another news story, but um now that I'm thinking of it, he's been he's been having somebody release files from behind the scenes of Twitter, and this is actually really huge, um, mm. at least in America. Mm. Um so Matt Taibbi, uh he's like a leftist journalist. He's been yeah. putting out all these files of uh emails from behind the scenes of Twitter with people at Twitter basically working hand-in-hand with the United States government, uh, FBI, and those kind of folks to basically circumvent our First Amendment and uh, (laughs) suppress freedom of speech. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But who cares? Yeah, right? Yeah, anyway. (laughs) It's 2022, Frank. Why are you bothered? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Dave Schwab says you're going to have no privacy in future. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, just trust the authorities. I'm yeah. like a shameless plug here for South Africa because we sent you Elon Musk to fix America. We did make a mistake by sending you Trevor Noah. We we admit that, but um, we're sending him back. So uh, we did get it right with Elon Musk. Yeah, you did. Very on good. That one. Congratulations speaking, speaking then. Of, yeah, of sorry, sorry about Charlize Tron as well. It's uh, <laughs> Yeah, you can have Charlize Theron and Trevor Noah back. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Elon Musk, I have all kinds of weird mixed opinions about him or feelings mm. about him mm. or some things about him. I'm not sure. But I do appreciate that he is one of the few well-known voices out there who contradicts Bill Gates on the population issue, saying mm. that we really can mm. sustain a much larger human population than Bill Gates always likes to right. say. You know, he's kind of full of surprises, Elon Musk. You kind of know what's going to happen to him. Yeah. It's a bit like um, Donald Trump in that sense. I don't quite know what to make of him. I, mean, I know that he has, in terms of his family, he's got a technocratic background. as a relative that goes mm-hmm. back to the original technocratic movement. Uh, James Corbett uh, reported on that. So, yeah, I don't quite know uh, what to make of him. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the jury's out. I'll see what happens jury's on out. a day-by-day by day basis, you know. Same, same. <laughs> I think they're all just actors <laughs> playing a role in, in the whole thing. It's uh, a... I don't know if they call it the Egalian dialectic. Have I got right oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, that's what it's called. I, I think yes. they're just all the, you know, it's just a stage for them. Mm-hmm. They're probably mm-hmm. all on the same side. I thought you meant real actors, and I was thinking 
gosh, wouldn't it be awful to have to be like a really well-trained actor and then you got to pretend like you're Bill Gates or Elon Musk who are just so awkward and boring as people in terms of their personality. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Like, you don't get to be somebody exciting as an actor mm. or full of like really great depth, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've heard quite a lot actually this year about this theory that various people have been arrested in the background and then swapped out with doubles and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, That's so, been going on for a couple of years now. Right, right. Yeah. Is that Ever why we had Elvis. two Franks for a while? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we still don't know whether we're left with the real one or not, do we? It's quite disturbing. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know if Biden is uh, a hologram. That keeps coming up as well. <laughs> I would actually believe that there's an actor playing him because if you look at the pictures of him from previously, it looks like a totally different person. He's got like a much wider face, you know. I agree. Um, yeah. It's one of the more yeah, believable I ones, I have that, to say. You know. Well, I, I would I, say that's probably the only one I would believe. Yeah. I think Biden must at least be played by a real human being rather than a hologram yeah. because of the way that women react to the touching. So no, he's definitely a real person for sure. If it was um, just a hologram, I don't think they would be quite so disturbed. Yeah. Well, the CIA actually came out with video a couple of years ago. They showed like they had technology to make latex masks and stuff that looked so realistic. Like you couldn't even tell it was a mask and like, former head of the CIA disguise division or something came out and had a video about it. And she said, yeah, we had this like 30 years ago, you know? So, I mean, it's highly possible that someone is playing president screw job. <laughs> well, I, I followed for quite a while as the uh, war began or the intervent, whatever it was in um, mm. that has been going on in the Ukraine. I followed for quite a while because the press was so interested in Putin's apparently bloated face and uh, mm-hmm. is this really Putin? Is this really him? Does he have cancer? <laughs> Has he been getting cosmetic surgery? <laughs> What's going on with Putin's face? So Maybe he just I had guess. really, really high blood pressure considering what he was uh, doing at the time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that was affecting his appearance. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah, the one thing yeah. I wonder is whether, sorry, Rishi, for talking about you in, you know, in your presence, but I wonder whether Rishi Sunak is a robot, actually. You know, he's, <laughs> He's friends with the World Economic Forum and they're into the fourth industrial revolution. And, you know, sometimes when he speaks, looks at the camera, I think, are the lights on? Is there anybody there? Just, just, just listen to this again. Listen to this. Central bank digital currencies could be a digital version of money. You see what I mean? Listen to that again. <laughs> Central bank digital currencies could be a digital version of money. Doesn't sound quite real, does it? No. Mm. Yeah, a, little, a little awkwardly precise, a little awkwardly metallic sounding. I mean, it could be the recording equipment, but or the space he's in, or a combination of both. But it could also be. <laughs> could be, couldn't it? I, I rather think it is. I, I'm not sure yeah, that he's there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's very strange. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it also seems, Rishi. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but the other thing I think, you know, when you ask him a question, or you say hello, or you, you know, ask him to introduce himself to you, his responses don't really sound like he's quite understanding what you're asking of him either. That's true. Try him again. Rishi, how's it been going over there, and are you looking forward to the new year? The British people won't trust a party that isn't serious with their money. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) thank you, Rishi. I appreciate your your Mm. kind response there. Uh, Something suspicious, isn't there, I have to say. Not easy easy to connect with the guy. No. I agree. I've I've been trying to talk with him all night, and he's just not having it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Can Oscar just say bye bye? Because is that all right? Yes. That that's, that'd be brilliant. Yes, 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 yes. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye bye, Oscar. Bye. See you later. See you later. Bye bye. He's up late. What a cutie pie. He's left the snowman. He's gone back into the house. He's up very late, Mark. What are you doing? I'm using him as uh, covert uh, surveillance. Um, you know, if I think it's a real Russian spy, I send him out to get an ice cream. Well, at almost midnight. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, Mark, I have I have a policy about sending my children out to uh, strange-looking vans in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Whether they're playing nice music or green sleeves yeah. or not. <laughs> oh, come on. It's New Year's Eve, a special night of the year. Anything goes. Yeah, but Jennifer, when I was young, we... We didn't have those in the vans. We had to buy our own sweets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry, you have to cut that one as well. Oh, dear. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to bring our chat this evening to a close again, uh, because I can see that clock over there in the corner ticking closer and closer to midnight. So let's get ready for our annual toast here on TMR. And just to explain for anybody who's new to the podcast each year we see the old year out and the new year in with a festive tipple of some sort sometimes champagne but in recent times thanks to the great generosity of paul who's a long-time listener to tmr in france we have taken to enjoying a full-bodied glass of red wine from the vineyards of the rhone valley to which this year is no exception as paul has generously sent us two bottles of saint Home, I think that's how you pronounce it. So thank you very much indeed, Paul, for doing that yet again. So there'll be no shortage and indeed enough for the cat, which I don't think there was last year. So, friends, if you would please proffer your glasses, I shall pour the wine for the annual toast. Jennifer. Looking forward to this. This is going to be yummy. Cruzy. Oh, that looks good. Thank you, Julian. Frank. Ah, oh, thank you. Frank Bott. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you. Mark. Oh, lovely. Um, stop. Thank you. Brilliant. Rishi. A bit like a digital banknote. <laughs> and the cat. <laughs> to the new year. Yay. Happy new year, guys. Happy new year. A bit like a digital banknote. Very good. Money. Thou comest 
Oh